our favorite week of the year is finally here. You might just think it's week 13, or maybe, you know, if you're a normal person, you just think, hey, it's Thanksgiving. But it's the week of rivals, Brandon. That's what we're calling it. It, 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 we have some giant games on the slate this weekend, and we're going to talk about you know whether LSU or Auburn can pull off top five road upsets this weekend. We talk about is Notre Dame on the on upset watch in Chapel Hill, and can Iowa State clinch their spot in the Big Twelve championship game? We answer all this, break down some more of the biggest storylines in college football, and of course, we had to end our Thanksgiving week episode with a legendary. Brandon's Gambling Corner. We have Thanksgiving bets. We have football bets. We have everything you need to do this weekend. We have a full show today, guys. So let's go ahead and kick it off. So we're starting out, you know, I usually end the show, Brandon, with your heart segment. Well, we're kicking it off the show today. We have LSU traveling to number five, Texas A&M, Kyle Field, College Station, a 14-point underdog are the Tigers from Baton Rouge. And, Brandon, all I can think about right now is what a matchup this was supposed to be that turned out not to be anything what we expected. Yeah. No, it, it it's definitely if you would ask me preseason about this game, um my my answer to the outcome might be a hundred percent different. But things uh <laughs> things have not been looking too bright for my Tigers this season. No, not at all. I mean, it's not really there. I, listen, I, I I am hard on the LSU Tigers on here just because of Brandon, but I mean this game probably would not be as, you know, I guess overlooked if if Miles Brennan was healthy. Derek Stingley's banged up. He's been banged up throughout the year. Jamar Chase didn't opt didn't opt out. And what happens, Brennan, if instead of playing an all SEC schedule, LSU has some warm up games. Yeah. I mean things could have been maybe Miles Brennan doesn't run straight into a like a strong safety and doesn't doesn't <laughs> doesn't tear himself up. Who knows? Ex- exactly. And then on the other side, I mean Brandon, if you would have asked me before the year, like gave me this match and said someone's going to be ranked fifth, someone's going to be unranked, I'm probably picking the complete opposite. I'm saying LSU's got to be the number five team because I had no faith this A&M team could do this. But Jimbo Fisher, he finally created a college football playoff contender, Brandon. He, He was fifth last night in the playoff rankings. And, you know, looking at these teams, I see two offenses that have the potential to put up points. But there's a difference. One team has a defense that has been probably um, exceeded expectations, while another defense has, I would say, greatly underperformed this year. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, Zach. Um, Man, this hurts. Why do we have to go under Brandon's heart on every single episode? Every episode. (laughs) Brandon, you know, listen, y'all are a 14-point underdog, right? And y'all have a losing record. Yeah, Auburn is ranked 22nd in the country, and we are a 25-point underdog. And that team doesn't even have a head coach. 
See, that's tough. That's very tough. You see, so, so so we'll get there. Zach's heart's coming later in the show. <laughs> so don't worry. So I'll get my shots in now, and you can take them later. So don't feel too bad. Um, but, man, Kellen Mond, Brandon, we were so hard on him last year. But it wasn't because we thought he was overrated. It was just, man, you're supposed to be so good. And right now he's playing the best football of his career. He's got the highest completion percentage, the highest yards per completion, the higher passer passer rating and the fewest interceptions of his career. And I think he is the whole key to this A&M team being as successful as they are this year because I feel like when we talked in the offseason, we said if Kellen Mond can get over that hump, this A&M team could be good. And that's exactly what seems to have happened this year. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Now, the one thing I will say about this A&M team is that they are allowing um, – or I'm sorry, they they aren't putting up nearly as many passing yards as I – you, you kind of hope they would with, with Kellen Mond. I, I mean, I get it. He can use his feet too. He's a very mobile quarterback, but I don't know. I just personally, I would like to see more um, through the air with this AM team. I mean, they're averaging 250 yards passing a game. That feels a little bit low for the SEC. Well, you also got to remember, I, I believe um, the incoming five-star freshman they had is out for the year. They had their top wide receiver returning senior opt out of the year. So it's like they lost their two biggest stars at wide receivers. They've been doing it with a bunch of guys who weren't supposed to be wide receiver one or two roles. So I think they've done pretty well. But, you know, Brandon, the sad part about this weekend, uh, you know, Derek Singley was banged up, but I heard he was going to play. So that's not a big factor in my opinion. But it's the LSU run defense because, yeah, they might not be putting up through the air. But with Kellemon's legs and Isaiah Spiller coming up in big moments, this is a horrible matchup for this LSU defense, the way they've been playing recently. Yeah, I mean, we all know. I mean, I've mentioned it several times. As long as you run straight up the middle on LSU, which Kellemon is not going to do, he's going to be scrambling to the outside. But if you run straight up the middle on LSU, you got you got 10 yards consistently. That's just that's, that's, that's a given. Um, yeah. The edge, LSU protects a little bit better. Um I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk myself into this, though. I, you don't let me talk myself. I'm dumb, and I might do it, but don't let me. <laughs> I mean, Isaiah Spiller, man, he performs big. He had what 170 against Florida. That's huge. But I'm looking for Damone Clark and Jabril Cox to be X factors for LSU. Brandon, they they came in with such high expectations, especially Jabril Cox. That that kid was supposed to be just one of the leaders of this defense that has some experience coming in. And I mean, they've performed well, Brandon, but I I think even as an LSU fan, you would like to see more from them in leading the middle of this defense. Right. And I think I'm fairly certain that Damone Clark's not playing. I I think he got benched. Oh, that's tough. I think he got benched. That's tough. That's real tough. He's still like, he's still, I think the second leading tackler for LSU right now. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's, he's underperformed in a big way. So that, that's yeah. crazy. You could be second in tackles and he's still so, bitch. So, so Micah Baskerville is, is it looks like he's going to oh. take that other middle linebacker spot next to Jarrell Cox this weekend. So uh, I don't know. That, that's just from what practice looked like. There's been reports of practice that he got, um, that he, uh, he got benched, which is crazy because LSU, and, and I'm getting way too far into this right now, Zach, so I'm sorry. But, uh, but LSU started Baskerville only one other time this season. That was against Auburn, and I don't think that well, LSU's defense well was very good that game. So I don't, I don't, I don't really understand the logic, but you know. 
That's tough. I mean, just one last player before I give my prediction. TJ Finley. If we get the TJ Finley, Brandon, that performed against South Carolina and late in that Arkansas game, LSU is going to have a shot here. Let me say this, Zach. I I don't even think it comes down to TJ Finley. I think it comes down to how many times LSU targets Eric Gilbert. Because that's when they really impressed me against Arkansas. When they they targeted Eric Gilbert, I mean, he was picking up first downs left and right. But like they didn't. Tar- if you were, if you can recall the uh, the Auburn game, how many targets did he get? Not nearly enough. Like he hardly got any. And so when they actually target this kid who was the like their number one recruit this past off season, they win games. And they just, it, I don't know. It, it all adds up to me. Every single time they don't they don't target him. They don't use him in the main passing game. Uh, they lose. And so. The, I mean, the good thing for LSU, though, is the way Auburn did that is Auburn's strength is outside linebackers with size and speed. And so they, they were throwing fresh bodies at Gilbert consistently. I don't trust A&M's linebackers as much as I do Auburn's or Alabama's or anyone's like that. I think their strength is at safety. So do, will they have enough safeties to throw at Arik Gilbert to kind of keep him down, you know? Right, right. That's that's a big question for me, but Brandon, he's listen. TJ Finley either has to throw an equal amount or throw more touchdowns and interceptions because he's at four to three right now on his touchdown intercept interception ratio. So he is looking real close at that Jam- Jameis uh, ratio there. But what? Two of those came against Auburn in in one yeah. game. Yeah. So in one game. So you know, I, I mean, I don't know how much weight I'd put to that. In that South Carolina game, he looked incredible. I get it. That's against yes. South Carolina's defense. Um, late against Arkansas, he looked really good. I, you know, there's been reports, and I guess it's coming from teammates. So I don't know how how much weight you can actually give it, but but people have been saying that TJ Finley looks a lot better, even from last week um, in practice. So yeah, we I don't know. I guess we just got to wait and see. That's true, but guys, Texas A&M, right? And I always come with these really cool stats. Texas A&M has lost eight of the last nine games against LSU. No, they lost nine out of the last nine, Zach. That seven overtime game was a fluke. <laughs> the, the, the referees <laughs> were betting on that game. They put their money on the Aggies is what happened. I was about to say their only win was a 74-72 to 72 win over LSU, which they should have lost to. So they're 0 for 9 or 1 for 9, whichever, whichever way you want to go there. Can A&M reverse the trend of this LSU domination, Brandon? Listen, in a normal season or a season where LSU is healthy, I think I would pick LSU to pull the upside off. This is a game that an LSU team would always make close or pull off. But with all the injuries, the players out, the the turmoil in that LSU program, I haven't seen anything that gives me any hope. I have Texas A&M 41-20 over the LSU Tigers. Yeah, uh, that's that's a tough score, but it's it's pretty realistic. Um, Zach, everyone knows I'm I'm one who's who never shies away from hedging his happiness, and so if LSU wins, I'll be happy. If I if I win this game and pick six, I'll be less happy, but I'll still be happy. So I'm going with Texas A&M, uh, and I'm going with oh. Texas A&M. 79 to 77. I'm going with the hot. <laughs> I'm going with an eight overtime game. Oh God. What a game. But, guys, we're moving to the Pac-12 now. Number 15, Oregon at Oregon State. Oregon's a 14-point favorite. Brandon, you can't call this a Civil War uh, robbery (laughs) anymore. 
because they have canceled that. So this is just the Oregon, Oregon State game now, Brandon. Very original. I wish they would have came up with a better name. But as you know, Oregon's trying to overcome a lot of youth injuries right now, but they're still on track for a Pac-12 championship, while Oregon State lost two really close games early, but they're building off a big win last week over Cal. Brandon, what are you looking for in this game, and who you got in this one? You know what's crazy is that in college football, Oregon State never really gets brought up, and that's probably for a good reason. Um it's not a very good team. They're not a very good team historically. And I don't, I don't even want to say they're a good team this year. But what I will say is that their one win this season really impressed me. That Cal team, you know, I mentioned it, uh, what was it, two episodes ago, something like that. They, yeah. They're returning the most starters out of any NCAA team this season. And, you know, it, I, don't, I don't know how much weight you can give that because this is a Cal team, you know. It's not, they're not historically great either. Um, but that's pretty impressive. I mean, they, they've, they've lost both of their games by 10 points or less. And, you know, right. Washington State and Washington aren't great teams. But I don't think Oregon's that great of a team either. Uh, have they impressed you this year, Zach? No, not, not even in the all. slightest. I mean, they came off of a win against Stanford that was pretty unimpressive. I mean, they won by 21, but against Stanford, you, you got to do better than that, man. In my opinion, you got to do way better than that. Washington State, you know, they gave up almost 30 to Washington State, and and they won this game pretty – I mean, if you look at just the scoreboard, it looks convincing, but it was pretty sloppy as well. And then this past week, I mean, they just barely squeaked by UCLA. UCLA, really? And so, I don't know. I'm not impressed by this Oregon team, but I'm not going to sit here and shock the world by choosing Oregon State. Oregon State's a bad football team, Zach. And I get it. It's a rivalry game. Anything could happen. But not really. Oregon State is Oregon State. Stick to baseball, sometimes basketball, but but don't even venture into the football world, Oregon State. <laughs> know your place. Know your place. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to be more upset by the caliber of performances we see from the Pac-12 or the fact we have to get rid of Pac-12 after dark football. That's ridiculous, right? Yeah, I'm pissed about it. I get it, COVID, all that good stuff, but does the virus go to sleep? I, I don't know, but you know, I don't think it's, it's any safer. It's nocturnal. Like I feel like they're just as in danger at 9am. <laughs> I think they're more in danger at 9am having to wake up at like four o'clock in the morning to get ready for a game. Right. But as Mike Norv- Mike Norvell would say, coaches aren't scientists or neither are podcast hosts with no education. So we're just going to leave it at that. Um, but Brandon, I haven't really been impressed with this Oregon team. They have, ha- they did have a. I think Oregon might have been it, just in terms of sheer number of players. Probably a, was what the most affected team by opt outs. I mean, they lost Panay Suell, so and yes. and Javon Holland. I, I don't even care. And, about, I don't even care about that. I don't care about anybody else besides Panay Suell. They lost him, and the only other team that lost a, a player even in similar caliber, I think. Well. LSU lost Mark Chase, and then Penn State, really. Penn State lost Micah Parsons, and that, that was their whole team. And they're 0-5 for a reason. He opted out. Yeah. And um, they also lost uh, Noah Sewell, Panay's brother, to injury at linebacker, the five-star linebacker. He's out with a knee injury for the rest of the year. Um, so this Oregon team has just a lot of holes, Brandon. I think 
in a normal year, we'd be much more impressed. I think the college football playoff committee really told you what they thought about Oregon last yeah. night, dropping them to 15, which that uh, pretty much, Brandon, that eliminates the Pac-12 from playoff contention, uh, in my opinion. I, I think that's probably a wrap there. But I'm looking for Tyler Shaw, Brandon. He's got to be accurate. He's got to be efficient, which he has been. I mean, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, almost a 1,000 yards already. And this Oregon State defense is not very good. I mean, they're allowing 200 yards through the air and ground. Um, and they're allowing over 30 points a game already. They really got lucky to win that game last week. I think Cal outplayed them for a lot of that game. They were outclassed by Washington. Washington State really put a number on them. I, I don't see them... I don't see how they could win this game, Brandon, really and truly. And I think C.J. Verdell is going to have a big game. He'll be big on the ground. I'm just looking, can this Oregon defense wake up? I mean, they're allowing over 430 yards per game. And this was supposed to be the, like, what, the number two defense in the country? Yeah. And Yeah, I mean, yes, I get you had opt-outs, but there's no reason UCLA, Washington State, and Stanford should be putting up over 400 yards on you. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And it's it's a trend, Brandon. They allowed 14 week one, 29 week two, 35 week three. Can If Oregon State can make this a shootout, Oregon could be in trouble. I think they have too much experience. I believe in Mario Cristobal in this program. Brandon, I have Oregon 35-20 over the, over the Oregon State Beavers. There's, there's way too much of a lack of defense for them not to hit this over, Zach. And you were – I don't know. You must be on crack. Um I'm going with I'm going with Oregon 38, um, Oregon State 28. I like it. I like it. Moving to the Big Ten, guys. Maryland at number 12, Indiana. Indiana is an 11.5-point favorite. Brandon, do you think Tagovailoa and this Terrapins team can pull off the upset over this Indiana team that lost a heartbreaker last week? I'm still not sold on him, dude. I'm just – I'm not. I don't – Talia, I don't even want to call him Talia. I'm not sold on Tua's brother. I'm not. <laughs> he hasn't not, even earned his own individuality. He, I don't understand why people are thinking that he's so good. Like it doesn't make sense. He 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 has 770 total yards on the season. He's played five games. So that's I don't know. You do he's the math. Three games. Oh, it's only been three games. Yeah, they had they had their Ohio State game right. canceled. I think right. they had another one canceled. It doesn't matter. He has he he's six to four. That's the ratio right now. He is he is not great. He's creeping up on Jameis. I, I will use your logic for uh what's his what's his name? TJ Finley. He threw three in one game. That's right. Yeah, he had three against Auburn. So <laughs> that sucks. What? <laughs> so Tagovailoa threw three in his first game. So he's six and one. In terms of touchdowns and interceptions in his last two games, doesn't matter. Don't care. Don't care. He he's not good, Zach. If you think he's good, I know. Say it. I'm not on. Good, I'm on your side, bro. I am on your side. Sounds like your team, Talia, right? Or to his brother, right now. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, it, the what I was going to say is, I think so. I don't remember which team someone was talking about. I was listening on the radio today, breaking out some college football, and they were talking about how people always forget who teams have beaten in the past and it's like this maryland team's two and one people are saying they should be ranked people are saying talia is on a roll brandon they lost 43 to three to the one team with a winning record they've played yeah that's that's not great 
they needed one point and a missed extra point to beat Minnesota at home. And then they beat an 0-5 Penn State team that literally, I think, me and you, by ourselves, we could just play quarterback and running back, and I'll hand it to you, we would beat Penn State. Wait, why do you get to be quarterback? Okay, well, because you're a little bit faster than me, so I'm going to give you the ball. <laughs> so I trust you to get around the backup linebackers that Penn State's putting out on the field. But, Brandon, this is a 2-1 and team, and they're being outscored in their averages. They're scoring 27 points a game and allowing 35. And... They're only averaging 420, uh, 429 yards per game, and they're allowing almost 500. Um, dude, Michael Penix Jr. is about to put a million points on Maryland. It's just Especially after the way they lost last week. Oh, my God. It, look, it, you might not even want to watch this game. It's going to get ugly, folks. I mean, and people are overlooking Indiana. They're like, oh, well, they lost to the one real team they played. Yes, I mean, Penn State didn't turn out to – I mean – do you so, Brent? Are you one of those people who believe if Penn State wins that game, like let's say Penix is short of the goal line, do you think Penn State would be as bad as they are right now? Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like that kind of set them on a track. They'd still be bad. I think they wouldn't be good, but yeah, their confidence yeah, so, might not have just gone through the floor. Right. So I think that played a part. They beat Penn State when they were when they thought they were a top ten team in the country. They beat Michigan when they were ranked, and they lost by one score to Ohio State. This team has played three ranked teams out of five games and won two of them. And the two games they didn't play ranked teams, they dominated the game. They shut out Michigan State on the road and they beat Rutgers by double digits, who apparently is decent over there. So let's give let's start giving Indiana some credit and this game's getting a lot of attention, but I don't feel like anyone's looking in the details. I don't think Maryland's that good at all. I think Maryland is going to be in for a rude awakening this weekend. I think they're overmatched. I don't think they have the talent that they think they do. I think Talia in this offense has been facing really, really bad defenses. I don't trust their run game. I mean, when when your running back is named Jake Funk, <laughs> I, I don't trust you. I like it. I I don't know. I like the name. <laughs> the only X factor I can see is um is just the receiving game. Can they get it going? Can they have a wide receiver establish themselves out of Maryland? Yeah. That's what I'm waiting to see. I mean, Dante Demas Jr., he's been pretty good this year, but he's not super consistent. He's a junior out of Washington, D.C. I I think Michael Penix Jr. wins the quarterback battle. I, th- I think Scott the third wins the running back battle. I, I think Fryfogel wins the receiving battle. I mean, Fryfogel has almost 700 yards receiving and seven touchdowns, Brandon. Right. Kids balling. Penix Jr., 1,500 yards passing, 14 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Balling. I mean, this Indiana team is legit, Brandon. I think they make a statement this weekend. I have Indiana 47 to 17 this weekend. Wow, 47-17. That wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Indiana. Let's go 35. And I think they can win by three scores. 14. I like it. I like it. Back to the ACC guys. This is what we're getting into the big games now. These next three games, all ranked versus ranked matchups. We have number 19, North Carolina, Brandon. Um hosting number two Notre Dame, a five point favorite is defining Irish what do you see happening here and can the Tar Heels somehow pull off the upset 
See, you say you say it like that, and then as soon as it's your turn to talk, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, North Carolina kills them. Because you love North Carolina and you love Sam Howell, and you'd marry him if you could, but you can't um, because you don't even know him. But <laughs> um, I don't know that. I got well, a jersey coming. You did not order a Sam Howell jersey. <laughs> <laughs> he heard I was a big fan. He, he likes the podcast. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Notre Dame is a really good team. What I will say, Zach, and I know you haven't you haven't talked yet. This is just going all off of assumptions here. To your credit, because you're going to choose UNC, um, this does seem like a game that Notre Dame would lose, right? You know, they, they, get, they get to 8-0, and and then they play a team that has, has kind of disappointed a little bit this season. They're still good. They're still really good, but they haven't been as dominant as, as we thought they were going to be so far this season. And then Notre Dame shows up, and Notre Dame lays an egg, and they get beat in, in – they get beat somehow late. Like UNC has a comeback fourth quarter, and they beat them by, by a touchdown. I get that. That seems like it's probably going to happen now that I've said it. It's absolutely going to happen. Um, but I believe in this Notre Dame team. I really do. This seems to me like the best Notre Dame team that we've seen. And I, I honestly think this team looks better than the, uh, than the what was it, 2013 against 12. Alabama? Or 2012. Okay. 2012 against Alabama. Um, I don't know. They, they seem better than that team to me. And, and so I've got a lot of faith in North Carolina. And sorry, not in North Carolina, in Notre Dame in this game. I like it, but you already spoiled everything. Uh, I think if there's a team outside of Clemson in the country that is set up to beat Notre Dame, it's North Carolina. Yeah. Just to, especially their offense, man, because what does Notre Dame what, – what has Notre Dame built their defense to do, Brandon? Um, stop everything. Stop the run sp- yeah. specific, I mean, and then force your quarterback into mistakes because of the lack of run game. Then they bring blitzes, they get into your quarterback's face, and then it's on. With Saint, I mean, they shut down Travis Etienne. You have to be have an elite defense to do that. Yeah, you do. But does is there an offense in the country that has a better one-two duo than Javante Williams and Michael Carter? Uh, I'll go with no. I mean, they have been dynamic. They've been they they have. They're going to have to have a giant weekend if UNC expects to pull the upset, Brandon. Williams, eight over 800 yards rushing. He's averaging 7.2 yards per carry, Brandon, and 15 rushing touchdowns. He's elusive, an explosive option, and attacking outside. I mean, Brandon, we covered the game. I think it was UNC-NC State. He forced 17 missed tackles in one game. Right, right. Uh, that doesn't even sound right. No, it doesn't. Uh, I mean, he had 18 carries and he forced 17 missed tackles. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And then Carter, over 800 yards rushing too, he's averaging seven yards per carry and has four rushing touchdowns. So you have two guys that are averaging seven yards per carry. And he's in Carter's to power attack of this offense. And yes, Notre Dame's only allowing about 85 yards per game on the ground. And UNC is rushing for two over 230, Brandon. And so for me, whichever team wins this matchup is going to win because UNC needs the run game to set up stuff in the past game with Sam Howell and to keep Notre Dame honest and keep them from abusing this, I would say, lackluster Tar Heel offensive line. No, I, I definitely agree. And, and you know, Notre Dame, 
while their second door, secondary hasn't been the focus of this defense, this defense that I think, you know, probably one of the best in the country at this point, um, they're still good, Zach. I mean, they, they're still stopping the pass. Um, obviously, they're stopping the run much better. I mean, they're allowing 85 yards on the ground a game. That's, I mean, that's unheard of. This far in the season, eight games through the season, and they've played Clemson. Pretty outstanding. And they've played, uh, like, they've played a really good ACC uh, ACC schedule so far. And so I've been impressed with this defense as a whole. And I understand, you know, they, they probably haven't seen a team outside of Clemson uh, who's averaging 550 yards a game. You know, this UNC offense is incredible, but I don't know. To me, this, this Notre Dame defense edges that out. Uh, some I don't know. It's going to be a fun game to watch for sure. Absolutely. And, like, on the other side, the UNC defense has problems. I mean, they're atrocious at times. And – they're facing an offense that can really put up points when they're clicking. And Brady, you mentioned that this team's better than the 2012 uh, national championship team or whatever. I think the difference is Kyron Williams. Yeah. I don't think Notre Dame has had an every down back that can go get it like this kid can. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, he's a beast, man. Six yards per carry, 700 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns. He's going to have to match the production of both those running backs across the field, which is a tough task. He hasn't had a bigger one yet. But another X-Factor, Brandon, Ian Book, He's gonna. I think he's going to have to play the best game of, of his life to win this game because that other that offensive on the other side is going to put up points. They've put up points in their losses. they put up points when they don't play well. That's just the type of offense Mac Brown has put up over there. But Ian Book has play, has been playing his best football recently. 62% completion percentage, over 1,800 passing yards, 11 touchdowns, only one interception, and then six rushing touchdowns. In his career, Brandon, he's never had a higher completion percentage, never had low uh, – he, he's tied for his lowest INT ratio, tied for his highest yards per completion of his entire career. He's played outstanding, and if he can continue that and avoid turnovers – the, I don't see how the Fighting Irish lose this game. So can UNC force them into mistakes? And can they make Ian Book win the game without any help from Kyron Williams? Because Kyron Williams was the MVP of that Clemson game. As good as Book played, Kyron Williams dominated Clemson in that game. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, man, I, I think this is the only stat that matters, Brandon. Uh, the, really the only storyline. All that, just to get to this, is can Notre Dame pressure Sam Howell? We've talked about it, what, Brandon, countless times? Yeah, so it, many times. If you, if you get to Sam Howell, it's a wrap. He's completing full, only only 48% of his passes, Brandon, under pressure. Yeah, that's tough. That's real bad. But when you don't get to him, he burns you deep, man. Eight touchdowns, over 800 yards, 20-plus yards down the field. The kid can ball if you give him time. So Notre Dame has to limit the deep ball, find ways to make Hal uncomfortable, and if and if UNC can't establish a run game, it's going to be brutal. And listen, UNC's only beaten Notre Dame once, Brandon, in the entire series history. It's 1960s was the last time UNC won the won, won a game against Notre Dame. So Notre Dame leads the series 18 to one, Brandon. That's that's I didn't know they'd played that many times. Yep. Notre Dame is having a historic year, but I don't think anybody matches up better than UNC. I think this team, 
almost upset Clemson in the same stadium last year. I think they learned from their mistakes. They finish off the historic upset this year, and the Fighting Irish are left to fight for their life against Clemson in a few weeks in Charlotte. I have North Carolina forty-five to forty-one over Notre Dame. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna fall into that trap, Zach. Um, no, I. You know this. This is gonna be a low-scoring game. Uh, North Carolina is like going to. I mean, they're going to destroy Sam Howell in the pocket. Um, I'm going with Notre Dame in this one, twenty-eight to seventeen. Ooh, if they hold North Carolina to seventeen points, I am going to be flabbergasted. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm as confident. You predicted UCF to score 60, and they, they barely got to 30. So uh, I don't know about that one. But moving on to the most important game of the weekend for your boy. We got number 22 Auburn traveling to Tuscaloosa to face the Alabama Crimson Tide without Nick Saban again. Another positive COVID test. So best wishes for Coach Saban there. But I didn't know you Bama is twice. Uh, so his last test was a false positive. They confirmed. Okay, that sucks. So that sucks if you test positive. It's a false positive. You're like, oh, I'm invincible. Then you go out and catch it. That sucks. Sorry, Coach Dave. And apparently, since this one's a real positive because it was a PCR test or whatever it's called, he can't. There is no logical, like logistical way he can coach this weekend. So he's gone. Like Steve Sarkeesian is running that team That's this tough. weekend against Auburn. I don't think uh, – Alabama is still a 24-and-a-half-point favorite, guys. The Crimson Tide are projected to roll. It's the best rivalry game in the country. It Major playoff implications again for one team, along with a bunch of bragging rights. Brandon, Alabama is coming in number one in the country again. No, no surprise there. They are outscoring their last three opponents 152-20. to 20. That's, That is tough disrespectful and you know Auburn they're back in the top 25 after a three-game win streak after a really embarrassing upset loss to South Carolina but Brandon I'll start this one off this is this is my team and this is all we need to talk about right here is there really any other x factor that really needs to matter other than which Bo Nix we get this weekend absolutely not I mean, it doesn't matter. We know what Alabama's going to do. We know Najee Harris is good. We know Mac Jones is good. We know they have a 9 million wide receivers that run four ones. But can Bo, Bo Nixon go from the worst quarterback in the country to one of the best just weekend to weekend? And it makes no sense. Um, you know, his road woes are documented on this podcast, documented on social media. I mean, this kid has been scrutinized to death. 58% completion percentage, two touchdowns, only four interceptions on road games this year, Brandon. He is going to have to be much, much, much better than that. If they, if the, if Auburn even stands to not have this game be a 50 point blowout. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's me. Are they playing in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. Oh man. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a bad bro. It's going to be ugly. I mean, because listen, if Nix fails to deliver the game, like the moment the game kicks off, if Nix goes out that first drive and it's a quick three and out, it's a wrap. You don't have to watch the rest of the game. I'll tell you what's going to happen. That's it. If Auburn doesn't drive down, if, if Auburn doesn't get at least one to two first downs on that first drive, it's a wrap. Every single time they beat a big team is because they drive the ball early, get some confidence, even if they don't score. They did it last year. They did it in 17. 
They have to do it. And if Knicks can deliver a performance like we saw against LSU or even Alabama last year, the Tigers could have a chance. But that's a big if. Can't he have that performance? (laughs) Right, right. And then, Brandon, this Alabama offense. I mean, this offense is so talented, Brandon. I don't think there's a weekend they go in where they're like, oh, we can't score 45 points. Yeah. No, I mean, this Alabama team is incredible, Zach. Over 540 yards per game, Brandon, and almost 50 points per game. Incredible. They're averaging almost 400 yards passing, 360, and, and almost 200 yards rushing per game, Brandon. That's wild. That, that is disgusting. I mean, are you kidding me? Mac Jones is completing 77% of his passes, 2,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, only three interceptions. People were saying all offseason, Brandon, I just want to say, I'll give us credit. We're not Alabama fans, but we said Mac Jones was this good. We did, yeah. And everyone said, no, you got to start Bryce Young. I promise you Alabama would not be undefeated with Bryce Young. No, absolutely not. Mac Jones is, I mean, he's he's like, well, he's in the Heisman talks right now. That's why. I, I think he's second right now. That's that's crazy. I mean, and then the weapons, Brandon. Yes, they don't have Jalen Waddle, who went for four touchdowns last year against Auburn. But they still got Devontae Smith, 10 touchdowns on the year. Mechie, the third, he's dominant. Miller Forstall, the tight end, he's a beast. And then Najee Harris is arguably 1A to Travis Etienne as the best running back in the country. 800 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, Brandon. And I really and truly, I with, with Auburn's defense being banged up, I, I just I don't know if they can stop Alabama. Yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. Uh I really don't, Brandon. And also, your boy Tank might be out too. Oh, no. Yeah, he hurt his hip last week against Tennessee on a cheap shot. So, no, he did. The whistle blew, and the and everybody was getting off the pile, and the defensive end just grabbed him and threw him off the pile. What? Yeah. I was like, what is this crap? But we all know Tennessee's dirty anyway. If you're listening from Tennessee, you can come take it up with me. Dirty. They're down low. There's some snitches. Facts. Facts. But, Brandon, Alabama leads the series 46-37. But people people overlook this, Brandon. This stat's, this stat's going to kind of blow you away. Auburn's won two of the last three games in this rivalry. Really? Yeah, they won 17 oh, wow. and 19. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, wow. That hurt my so, head. <laughs> like, people are like, Alabama's been dominating. It's like, not not really, <laughs> if you look at it. Um, but, Brandon, this is the kicker. Auburn has not won in Tuscaloosa since 2010, which was to Cam back with Cam Newton. And every single year since then in Tuscaloosa, Auburn's lost by double digits. Yeah, it's tough. The streak continues this weekend, Brandon. Crimson Tide roll. They continue their march to the college football playoff in the SEC championship. I have Alabama 52-27. Okay, what a blowout. Okay. Um, yeah, Alabama's got to win this one. It's in Tuscaloosa. And even if it wasn't in Tuscaloosa, Alabama would win this one. Um, I'm going with Alabama 45, Auburn. I, I think they kind of keep it close. I mean, they, they normally keep it close. Uh, Alabama 45, Auburn 35. I guess, see, I think mine's going to be close early. I think it'll be like going into halftime, it'll be like 24 17. 
and then it's just going to get ugly in the second half. And then Steve Sarkeesian starts yelling at him, and and Nick Saban FaceTimes in, and they're like, okay. Nick Nick Saban comes in the locker room threatening to cough on everybody, and it it gets back (laughs) in shape. Um, (laughs) But our final game of the day, guys, number 13, Iowa State, traveling to Austin to take on the number 17, Texas Longhorns. The Longhorns are a one-point favorite, Brandon. The the bias here for the Longhorns is huge. But a win this weekend will clinch a spot in the Big 12 championship for Iowa State, while the loss is going to lead to a four-way tie at the top of the Big 12. Oh, no. See, this is like the biggest conflict of interest of all time, Zach, because I love chaos. Everyone knows I'm the the world's biggest chaos fan. Um, But I also hate Texas. And I don't know if I'm a bigger chaos fan or a bigger I hate Texas fan. Uh, horns down forever, but a four-way tie just sounds very fun. What does that come? Does that come down to like a coin toss or something? I think it comes down to head-to-head. And so, okay, I've got to figure this out. So, so it would be it'd be a four-way tie between Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, and um, Oklahoma State. So if Texas wins, then Texas beat Iowa State, obviously. They they beat, beat Oklahoma State. They beat Oklahoma State, but they lost to Oklahoma. Lost to Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, but they beat Texas <laughs> and Oklahoma State. So, but Oklahoma State beat Iowa State, but lost to Texas and Oklahoma. Okay, so what what I'm hearing is that this is just going to be the most chaos. This is going to be the biggest. Wow. I love chaos. I do. Um, but it sounds to me like Texas would have two wins in this scenario. So they would make it to the Big 12 championship, which I just don't want. Yeah. I mean, it, this is going to be brutal. I, and, and you know what? It might come down to a coin flip if they can't figure it out. See, if it can come down I, to I, a coin flip, that's what I want. If, if Texas, like if for, Texas <laughs> winning means that it comes down to a coin flip for the, for the Big 12 championship, then I want that. Listen. It'd be like Friday Night Lights all over again. We're going to get Perman, or was it Perman to the state championship? Right. But <laughs> but listen, I mean, the one and only X factor I even care about is Barisi Hall. Yes. Uh, if he can dominate and impose his will, it's going to be a wrap. He's rushed for over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns. He's been averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Brandon, he leads the country in rushing yards. He's second in the country in rushing touchdowns, and he's first in the country in yards from scrimmage. He is what Chuba Hubbard should have been. Um, he's rushed for over 100 yards and, and scored at least one touchdown in every single game this year, Brandon. Right. And he's rushed for over 130 in all but one game. Well, and that that's not a very good matchup for this Texas defense that's allowing 117 yards on the ground per game. Like that's just, right. That's just bad. That's awful. Because there's a lot of issues that come with this. So if they get the if they get the running game going, then Texas can't get after Brock Purdy. And we saw last week what happened when K State didn't get after Brock Purdy. He put up a perfect QBR just about. He put up a 98 QBR, and they won 45 to nothing. Yeah, and it's and this Texas defense just is not a very good defense, I would say. I mean, they're allowing 283 yards through the air every single game. So this, to me, is just going to come down to can Texas's defense hold Iowa State's offense, and if they can't, then this 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 spread is just absolutely insane if they can't. 
because Texas uh, being a yeah. favorite is nuts. Especially if Iowa State can control the time of possession. If you keep Sam Ellinger on the bench, that's the only person that can win the game for Texas. Right. And I'm excited for the QB battle, Brandon. But one of these quarterbacks, both of these guys can take over a game, but both both of them aren't equal. Like one quarterback is like in the war with a knife, and the other one has like an entire army behind them. Well, and if you would have asked us this last year, like this quarterback battle would have been so much better. Because Brock Purdy oh, yeah. was incredible last year. And well, Sam Ellinger was still he's, good, but he's not he wasn't as good as he was this year. What were you saying? He oh Brock Purdy's been on a roll though, man. Recently, yeah. But he started Yeah, out recently. Slow. Yeah, I mean he, he definitely started out slow, but you know, and also what about the difficulty, Brandon? You already said this Texas defense is not very good. What about this Iowa State defense only allowing around three hundred yards per game and Coming off a dominating performance over K State, Brandon, they allowed a hundred and forty total yards last week. Right. I mean, and, and that's what, like, you know, that it might come down to that. But this Iowa State defense, while it is really good, um, it struggles a little bit more with the passing game, which I'm nervous about with Sam Ellinger because this is, I mean, he's the best quarterback they've seen all year, like, and and that's not even close. So oh. it's who would you say? Spencer Rattler is looking real good right now, man. Sam Ellinger is better than Spencer Rattler right now. I mean, if you give Spencer Rattler until he's a junior or senior, he's going to be so much better than than Sam Ellinger is right now. But Sam Ellinger is really good right now. The thing that's going to hurt Ellinger, though, is his accuracy, man. He he is so inaccurate. Right. He's only completing, what, 58% of his passes? That's true. And you know what's crazy is that I guess Texas just doesn't have a running back because while he is passing a lot, and I get that, you got to think, hey, let's let's move to the rush game, the running game a little bit if my quarterback's completing 58% of his passes. And but Sam Ellinger's the leading rusher on this team with 300 yards. That's tough. You don't have a running back that got 300 yards yet? Greasy Hall might get that this weekend. That's a fact. (laughs) That's a fact. I mean, and this is probably the second best defense the Longhorns have faced. Um, You know, they faced West Virginia, the number one defense, and West Virginia held them to 17 points. Right. But West Virginia's offense isn't as strong as this one. And if you only score 17, Iowa State's going to beat you. Right. Absolutely. Uh, A thousand percent. Um, Purdy has to avoid INTs, Brandon. Texas is too good on offense to allow extra possessions. So if they can lean on Barisi Hall, Purdy has a, a has an efficient game. They control the ball, move the chains, eat the clock. It'll be huge for the um, huge for the what 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 are they? The Cyclones? I always want to call them the Cardinals, but I'm, they're the Cyclones, and it bothers me. Um, but Texas is the favorite right now, Brandon. Like I said, the ESPN FPI gives the Longhorns a seventy two percent chance to win this game. I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I you, mean, you want to know what I want to complain about right now, Zach? Is that is that I is that Iowa State has two losses and it's ranked number thirteen, but they lost to UL. Right? They lost to UL week one by like yeah. a lot. Um, and that was their worst loss of the season, by the way. And guess where UL is? Guess where UL not is? Ranked. The They're not ranked in the college football playoffs, Zach. Can you believe that? That's tough. Uh, if you're a Raging Cajuns fan, it's a tough day. I'm mad. I'm very mad. 
I mean, I, I don't know. I was pretty heated last night, but we'll get to that in a second. We got the ranking reaction here in a minute, so and it's going to be bad. But, Brandon, Texas leads this series 14-3. to Right. They lost a tough game in Ames last season. Who's going to deliver in the biggest game of the year so far for the Big 12? I think Iowa State has the best player on the field in Barisi Hall. They have the better defense and the better coach. It's going to win the win them this game in a classic, Brandon. I think this could even go to OT. I have Iowa State 34-31 with a huge win down in Austin. I've got I've got Iowa State. I have I had it written down, Zach, 35-28. They're they're going to win. They're go, they have to win. Oh, you went so much this week, man. I had to pick North Carolina. So if now if North Carolina doesn't win, you you take pick six this week. That is trash. Oh, it doesn't matter, dude. Doesn't matter. I'm still up two games, so it's fine. And you tried to trick me into picking LSU. You, you I did. That was gonna be a surefire win for your boy. <laughs> how are you gonna be how mad are you gonna be if LSU pulls it off? I'm not. I'm I already told you I'm going to be happier if LSU wins. Pick six doesn't matter, uh, LSU matters. That's fair enough. But guys, that's a wrap on pick six. We said we we're gonna shorten it up a little bit. Um, we got some storylines and then of course wrapping up with Brandon's gambling corner. So Brandon, let's start with some drama. We always like to be messy on this podcast. We have, we have Dabo Sweeney, Mike Norvell at it again. I think they should fight, but that's just me. We can arrange this. We can throw some hands, you know, six feet apart though. Do it like rock'em sock'em robots or something. Six feet apart. Um, last weekend guys, Clemson, Florida state postponed due to, Various medical professionals from each team not being able to being able to agree to play the game due to a Friday night positive COVID test by a Clemson football player that traveled to Tallahassee. But no other players on Clemson tested positive afterwards and after the player was, you know, quarantined and all that. Clemson reportedly, Brandon, this is this is where it gets ugly for Florida State, offered to stay in Tallahassee and play the game Sunday night. Or Monday night, after they get two more rounds of testing those nights. Yeah. Florida State denied this, Brandon, and the game was therefore postponed. Well, Dabo Sweeney, don't take too kindly to quitters um, up there in Clemson. And he has asked for a refund, Brandon. <laughs> um for traveling because Florida and then when Florida State said, Well, they can come back in December, Dabo Sweeney said, Well, then you can pay for it. Um, he asked them to come to Clemson for the game. Um, and then Norvell, when asked about this, said that coaches aren't doctors and therefore they shouldn't be making these decisions. Dabo Sweeney, instead of responding to that, said that, um, he would rather not listen to Florida State, who's had three coaches in four years. Yeah. Yikes. So, Brandon, your take on this, whose side are you on in this, I guess, argument or, drama we got in the ACC right now. I hate Dabo Swinney. I, I, I'll say it. And I've said it before. I <laughs> I cannot stand this man. Like, there's a lot of college football coaches out there. And there's a lot that I don't like. There's a lot I don't care for. I hate Dabo. You know, he wants to trick you into thinking, oh, I'm this, I'm this good old boy. I'm this Southern guy. I'm a good, nice family man. No, he sucks. He's the worst. He's he complains more than anyone I've ever met. And I know Zach. I hang out with Zach quite a bit. He complains so much. I hate Dabo. Um, what? I don't understand how you can blame this Florida State team for not wanting to shorten their week. 
leading up to rivalry weekend, leading up to one of the last weekends in the ACC, not wanting to put their players in harm's way because it it's not even like it's not even the COVID thing, really. I mean, if they pass the test, they pass the test. Everything's good. Go ahead and play as long as you want. But you're putting these kids at risk by asking them to play a short week. I mean, there's a reason that there's a whole movement in the NFL right now to move games away from Thursday nights because you don't want to play Sunday or Monday then turn right back around and play on Thursday because guess what? You're not fully recovered yet, and you're, you're, you're risking chances of getting hurt. You're risking chances of these kids' futures. These kids that are playing for no money right now, they're playing for a scholarship and they're playing for all that sort of stuff. We've already touched on that. But, I mean, what they have on, on the line is an NFL contract, and you're going to risk these kids' future. to, to And you're going to call the coach a coward, basically, when he decides he doesn't want to play <laughs> this game on a short week. <laughs> Come on. I hate Dabo. Listen, I was on Florida State side until it came out that the ACC approved doctors approved Clemson to play the game on Saturday at the scheduled time. Right. I mean, listen, I, I get it. We got to keep everyone safe. But if there were – if so if there's three sets of doctors and there's two biased ones because Clemson's always going to side with Clemson, Florida State's always going to side with Florida State. We got that. But there's a unbiased group of doctors, and they say, oh, they're good to play. They were quarantined. Everyone tested negative. Like, everything is good. You should be able to play. And you still don't play? (laughs) Then, like, I I have a real tough time signing with you on this. Yeah, I I don't know. I I mean, Clemson paid $300,000 to travel to Tallahassee, and you canceled on them the day of the game? $300,000? Yeah, for hotels, food, what, planes. No, no, I don't care. Is that, what what could you possibly be spending three hundred grand on? For, they fly private. That's fine. You fly private. You could probably buy a for a whole team. Okay, but plus they, you had to pay for the hotel, plus the multiple meals you have over the two days exactly. for an entire team that. and staff. You're talking about like a few thousand dollars. We're talking about like two you are sick. We're talking Do like not maybe five oh grand for the hotel and like fuel for that private jet that Clemson owns. You know what they're doing? They're money laundering, Zach. And you're going to sit here and sign <laughs> with them. They're money laundering. They're paying their players. They're, they're like, you know how much we had to pay Trevor Lawrence to even sh- put this put this Clemson helmet on this weekend? 250000 The extra 50000 for they to pay everybody else. So yeah, you're I, sick, I, I bro. Sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick, bro. Uh, how are you siding with people who canceled a game when it was cleared to play, Zach? Okay, let me put it this way, and this is the best analogy I can give you. You, Zach, are looking. Let's let's say like uh, Derrick Henry straight in the face, right? And you're That's running an Oklahoma drill. Uh, and you have the option to sit this one out. What are you doing? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to get by Derrick Henry. I promise you. And uh, that's okay, fair enough. Thing. So I, I can't blame them. I probably wouldn't want to step in the bear trap either. You know, uh, it makes sense to me. I'll, I mean, I also, I'll, I think that a lot of the blame falls on the ACC though, Brandon, yeah. too. Because a team, if both teams are approved to play, the team shouldn't have the flexibility to cancel the day of. Yeah, that's true. See, I was it should be up to the school. I was shocked at 8 a.m. when I got the notification that said this game was canceled. I was like, huh? You can do that? 
Right. And uh, I even said, like, if Florida State, if it comes out that, like, yes, none of the other players tested positive, which it looks like they didn't because Clemson's getting ready to play, getting ready to play Pitt and no one's tested positive. If that's the case, I, Florida State's got to get fined or something, man. You just can't be ducking opponents. They're already getting fined. Dabo's. How can Dabo say you owe us money on this one, though? Like he paid for it out of his pocket. Well, his, his his exact quote pretty much was, if you want to play us again, you can come here. We already came down to play y'all, and y'all dipped. So that's on y'all. Y'all can come to play us if y'all want to see us and get the smoke. I don't know. I'm I, I'm siding with Florida State because I hate Clemson. I, I hate not, uh, I don't even hate Clemson. I hate Dabo. I mean, before we wrap this up, one last thing, and then we're going to move on to the college football playoffs. It, can Florida State get beat any more of a dumpster fire? Like, uh, where in the world can you go any lower than just being like, yeah, we are scared to get beat by 60 again? Maybe maybe James Blackman decides that he doesn't want to transfer now. <laughs> and that's how they become more of a dumpster fire. I don't know. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it maybe there. Maybe Blake Barnett decides to transfer in, and he's like, I'm the starting oh. quarterback now. Oh, sorry. That's tough. That's real tough. But, guys, I'm going to move on here. The Clemson, Florida State drama has been going on, what, three days? It's Wednesday as we're recording, so it's still going on. Um, but college football playoff came out last night, guys. Brandon, surprises, takeaways, who was ranked too high, who's ranked too low for you? The audacity of the college football playoff committee to rank BYU at 14. Who, who, do, right. you, who do you think you are? Who do you think – and the audacity to rank Georgia at number nine. What What is happening? That's tough. Like, what is That's happening? That's tough. I, I don't know. I mean, bro, Georgia's above Miami, who's only lost to Clemson on the road. Indiana, who's only lost to Ohio State by one score on the road. And an undefeated BYU and Oregon team. Nice. I hate this. I, I hate today. This is the worst segment. Uh, well, I don't know. I I, uh, I want to be on the committee. How do I get on the committee? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's an application somewhere. BYU, they're 9-0, and Zach. I don't care if you're playing the Minnesota school of, of the deaf and blind and you played them nine times. You, you be, you're 9-0. and How are Listen. you – how about this? You know, you know how like the people who are associated with schools on the committee have to like excuse themselves. Yeah. Why don't we just let the fans vote, but have like a system that like blocks them from voting their own team as number one? Like, let's get a true vote here. Let's have like a whole country vote because that would never work, Zach. Because you know what I would do? You know what I would do if I were if I were voting in that? I'd tell them that I was I, I would say that I was like oh, a, no, not everybody. You have to go through like an application process. We no. got to make sure you don't have a degree from somewhere. I don't, like, like you, I don't have a degree from LSU. You have a Joe Burrow picture behind your right shoulder right now. It's my left shoulder, but yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But Brandon, uh, we can't do that. I get it. We can't even get the presidential election right. But that's a whole nother conversation. We can't even agree on who won that. So I get it. But the one surprise I was happy to see, Brandon, Northwestern getting some respect. All the way to number eight. Yeah, that's that 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 was a surprise, but I think it was like a nice surprise. Uh, I Northwestern's yeah, I a good it. team. Now <laughs> In the same realm, in the Big Ten, let's stick there for a second. Oklahoma is 11? 
Oklahoma? In the they, yeah, they've been hot. They've been hot recently, though. They are 14 in both the AP and the coaches poll. And then I college football playoff came out and said, you know what, 11. I mean, I think the only two teams you could argue should be in front of them are Indiana and BYU. Right. Uh, BYU, uh, like, undisputed. Un- B- BYU should be at number nine. They should be right ahead of Georgia at minimum. Yeah, at minimum, yes. I mean, and listen, I, I don't want to get on this bandwagon. We're pushing an hour. I promised Brandon we would keep it under an hour. We're, we're getting there. How in the literal hell are you telling me Cincinnati's seven? Zach was upset by that, if you can't tell. I, I don't believe in Texas A&M, bro. They've played two ranked teams. They upset one at home. I get it. Florida, that's a great win. Florida's beating them 10 times out of 10 if they play again. And then they get blown out by Alabama. Other than that, they have not played a team with a winning record, Brandon. <laughs> that's tough. And they've got LSU up next, so the streak continues. Still no winning record. <laughs> they won't play another team this year with a winning record other than Auburn, Brandon. Right. And Auburn, if, if everything goes, <laughs> Auburn might not be really good after this weekend. No, I agree. I mean, why is Texas A&M getting all this respect? I don't, I don't know. Be- because they only have that one loss to Alabama, I guess. And then look at Florida, Brandon. Florida's only played two teams with a winning record. And they lost one of them on the road. And then they beat a Georgia team that was beaten up and apparently didn't know who to start a quarterback. <laughs> well, they beat the number nine team in the country, Zach. So put some respect okay. on their name. <laughs> okay. And Alabama beat the dog, you know what, out of Georgia too. Right. I mean, I don't think A&M is that good. And I just think – I do – listen – Am I putting BYU and Cincinnati in the same class? No, I'm not. I think Cincinnati is a much more complete team, and I think they're closer to a Power 5 team than BYU is. Yeah, I agree. I I think they have the defense. I think they have the head coach with the background. They recruit Big Ten players. Yeah, they do. And and listen, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, they deserve to be in it. I'm putting my, my bid. I am hashtag Cincinnati deserves the number four spot, regardless of what happens. Um, No comment. And I swear to God, if y'all put A&M in, I am going to rage on this podcast. We're playing Slipknot in the background, <laughs> and we are raging if they let A&M into the playoffs. I'm going to put a mask on. Me. I'm going to get some nappy hair, and I'm going to start I'm gonna start shredding. <laughs> listen, I'm wearing a purge mask, and we're live streaming. Everyone's We're coming for everybody. But, guys, next playoff will be next week. We'll do a reaction on every preview episode from now on. So oh, wait, stay wait, tuned wait, for wait, that. Wait. Hold on. Go ahead. One thing I will say is that I am glad the playoff committee put Clemson ahead of Ohio State. Yes. They yes. did that, Love and it. I feel like that surprised a lot of people. I don't know why it surprised a lot of people, um, but it did. Because <laughs> the playoff committee usually um, is a – is a real stand of Ohio State, if you they haven't usually, noticed. They usually have one wild card in there, too. And it, it doesn't seem like they have a wild card. These are all, these feel, are all college football like, playoff alum. <laughs> I feel like Northwestern is like their wild card. Like, they got crazy. They got they got brazy put Northwestern at eight. Yeah, that's true. It was close. <laughs> they were close enough to smell that top four. And so that was the wild card. Or Texas and, A&M was because they were right there. That's true. And, you know, Cincinnati is the highest ever ranked group of five team in the, in playoff history. Crazy. Love it. it. It's crazy. But, guys, 
Last storyline. This was probably going to break Brandon's heart here. Oh, another Brandon's oh, heart no. segment. Wisconsin had their game canceled this weekend, Brandon. So you know what that means? They're out of the Big Ten Championship. They are ineligible to compete for the Big Ten Championship. What is going on at Wisconsin? I don't know. I, apparently, they can't contain this. Like, everyone else in the country is doing a pretty good job at containing this, at least in the college football world. And then Wisconsin was like, you know what? Who cares? We lost to Northwestern. The season's over. Listen, do, it, it gets worse, Brandon. Are you ready for this? This is going to really break your heart. Wisconsin, Minnesota was the longest uninterrupted rivalry in the country and f- college football history. They played from 1907 to 2019, a streak of 113 consecutive years, and it's over now. That's that's disappointing. I don't. All Bunyan acts will not be transferred this weekend. That's that's like the best though, and I. What in the world? I, who do, who do I talk to? Because I'm going to get this game to happen. <laughs> uh, Kevin no Warren. Idea, do I need to talk to Kevin Warren? I'm already I'm already like mad at him. Right? So, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, this is bad for the Wisconsin Badgers. I think we see a string of opt outs, Brandon, especially with bowl season up in the air. Yeah. Um. I I'm really not sure what to. What to think right here for the Wisconsin Badgers. So that is a bad thing. We had to cover it here, guys. So we'll see. Brandon, they have two ranked matchups coming up, though. They they got Indiana on the 5th. Hopefully that can be played. That will be a great game. And then they travel to Iowa to play the Hawkeyes on the road, who's ranked 24th right now on the 12th. So they have two chances to get two big ranked wins, but I don't think four wins is getting you into a bowl game this year either. No, it's not. So we will see on that, guys. Um, we're going to move on here. Brandon's Gambling Corner. We're going to find the showdown with that. We're starting out with ACC Superdogs, Brandon. We have Syracuse plus 14 and a half against NC State. Do you co- do they cover, or are you even taking the money line plus 490 for Syracuse? Absolutely not taking the money line, but I, I think they can cover. I mean, that's only two scores. Um and you know what that means? That means since I said that, it's not going to happen. But yeah, take the money line. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. Pitt plus twenty three and a half against Clemson. Are you taking the Pitt money line as well? Plus nine eighty. No, nope, nope, nope. I'm not even taking the spread. As much as I would love to take that spread, uh, Trevor Lawrence is back, and that means nothing good for Pitt. Paris Ford is gone. He's out. Um, so is uh, so is like this pit team is just everyone's gone. So oh. no, Clemson wins by a lot. That breaks, man, that kills Florida State plus eight and a half against Virginia. If they don't cancel, the money line is plus two sixty. Florida State. See, the thing is, both of these teams are so bad, and I I'm just picking the favorite in every single one of these. Um, I, no, I'm not. Florida State can absolutely not cover that. So don't even think about it. That's tough. Big 10 money lines, Brandon. 
Nebraska plus 440 against Iowa. Nope. It is in Iowa. I hate Nebraska. Nebraska was the team that – dude, did you uh, – if anyone saw my parlay last weekend, I did it as a joke. I thought that they would have had to win because all of my teams were favorites, like big favorites. And then Nebraska went and lost. Even with McCaffrey. Illinois. Yeah, I don't even – Luke McCaffrey. Luke McCaffrey? I thought he was good. I thought he was better than Adrian Martinez. He's not. No, this Nebraska team is cursed. Don't ever bet on them. So no. <laughs> we got Maryland. Well, I get like I guess we already picked Maryland, but Illinois plus one thousand one hundred and twenty against Ohio State. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even a chance. <laughs> Not even a chance. Not even for a second. I look. I oh want to know God. what the odds are that they don't get a single lead during the entire game. I would bet on that. I would bet on Ohio State to keep the lead throughout the entire game. The spreads plus twenty seven and a half. Yeah, I would take Ohio State. Oh, Michigan State plus four ninety this weekend. Um, well, uh, I wrote down Michigan State against Michigan State. They do not play themselves. They do not play themselves. Are you sure? <laughs> Listen, they play Northwestern, my bad, plus 490 against Northwestern. No. I can't believe that line's that close, though. Or not. I can't believe the money line's that close. It's 13 and a half. A lot, um, That's the line. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that uh, – I don't think Northwestern could cover that, but I do think they win. I like it. I like it. UCF, USF. This is for our over-under segment now. Over under UCF USF sixty six and a half over over like over, it over. Maryland Indiana sixty two and a half ooh that one's enticing over Ohio State Illinois seventy one and a half um under ooh under I thought Ohio State might score seventy but Penn State Michigan fifty eight and a half under. Vandy, Missouri, 50 and a half. Over. <laughs> Kentucky, Florida, 61 and a half. Um, over. I like it. UTEP, Rice, 44 and a half. <laughs> Wait, I don't know anything about either one of these teams, but 44 and a half, I have to go with them. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to score three points. Yeah. Um, South Alabama, Arkansas State, 64 and a half. Under. Ooh. Northwestern, Michigan State, 41 and a half. Ooh, over. I like it. K-State, Baylor, 45 and a half. K-State, Baylor, 45 and a half. Ooh, over. I like it. Arizona, UCLA, 69 and a half. Nice. Under. Oh, wait, no, over. Uh, That's got to be over, bro. You can't pick under in Pac-12 games. No, I I know. (laughs) <laughs> There's no Brandon's heart this week. We have Brandon Hart all the way throughout the episode, and Southern Miss don't play this weekend. Woo! <laughs> so that's that's a relief for Brandon. But guys, we'll be back next week, man, with a recap. We got big games this week, so make sure you have a good Turkey Day on Thursday. And you know what? Listen to this episode with your family. Turn off the Cowboys. They are, f- you know what, garbage, and just listen to the Blue Bloods. Um, we don't want to watch the Cowboys get beat again. It's a whole thing. Please don't do that. Enjoy your family, guys. Enjoy football this weekend. We'll be back. Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Facebook at the Blue Bloods pod. 
and Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods. Find us on YouTube, the Blue Blood CFP podcast. But we'll be back next week, guys. But for right now, we out.